Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, now that week one is out of the way and a Thursday night opener and a different schedule and all that, okay, we're into week two. We need to start getting into our routine, which means our midweek show on Wednesday is the official look at the upcoming opponent. And in this case, that's the Minnesota Vikings coming to Lambeau Field Sunday afternoon for the Packers home opener. And when you take a look at this Vikings team, I know we talked a couple of days ago about their week one victory over the Falcons. But I know last year when we were previewing the Vikings, it was all about Kirk Cousins, the new quarterback, the big contract, and all that. But when you look at this Vikings offense, at least what we've seen through one game, it doesn't start with Kirk Cousins. It starts with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and it, it's weird because it was funny. I was working on the, the game program for this week, and there's a part of it called In the League Rankings where it's matching up how the Packers are faring against their opponent. This is the first time in all my years doing this where Kirk Cousins didn't throw enough passes to qualify <laughs> for the rankings. So there's actually just an NQ next to the passer section for the Vikings with their offense. Yeah, 10 pass attempts doesn't get you onto the leaderboard. 8 of 10 for 98 yards, 97 total passing yards if you count in the minus one yard sack. Not what you were expecting. But at the same time, you know, you look at the way that this offense was structured in the opponent that they were facing. I think. You know, Mike Zimmer and the Vikings, they felt like there was a big opportunity there to run the football. Delvin Cook is now a year removed from that ACL. Yep. Came back strong last season, and, you know, they hitched their wagon to him again. Regardless of who the quarterback has been over the last 20, 25 years for the Vikings, the most effective teams have had a solid running back in that backfield. And I think there's a lot of, you know, hope that for Minnesota for years to come, that guy's Delvin Cook. Well, it's interesting to me because it's almost as though Mike Zimmer who's a defensive-minded head coach, obviously. He's had his conflicts over the years with his offensive coordinators as far as philosophy and play calling and all of that. It's almost as though Mike Zimmer maybe finally ha- has the sure. offense that he wants to yeah. run. He wants to pound the ball on the ground. He wants to play defense. He doesn't want to get into shootouts with teams, that kind of thing. Now, can you do that for an entire 16 games? You know, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But... Uh, the other part of it is obviously any head coach would love to get out to a 21 nothing lead with five minutes left in the second quarter. Right. And from that point on, the rest of the game, Kirk Cousins only threw three passes. He had seven pass attempts through the first quarter and a half, and then they just didn't throw the ball at all after that. So the game against the Falcons, the flow of the game dictated some of the way the statistics went and how it all got skewed. But I do think Mike Zimmer with Dalvin Cook as his number one, and with the rookie from Boise State, Madison, I forget his... Alexander. Alexander, I was trying to remember his first name. Alexander Madison, third-round draft pick, I believe, from Boise State. Those two guys, as a very young, dynamic one-two punch in the backfield, this is is how Mike Zimmer wants to play offense. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, because Delvin Cook had 21 carries for 111 yards. Uh, His his longest was only 22, so that shows he was just really steady production. He wasn't getting halted. But when Madison came in to spell him, 9 for 49... An average 4.3 yards per clip. That's a solid average. And yeah. you can see why 
if you're getting that kind of ground production and consistent ground production, you don't want to put the ball back in the air. If you're going to give you, if they're going to give you five, six yards a run, yeah, why would you're you? going to take that? Right. Now the other side of it is there has to be give and take. They aren't going to throw the ball 160 times this year with Kirk Cousins. There are going to be games where they're going to need to rely on that. So that to me is still the biggest question mark right now for this Vikings offense is that, you know, Cousins statistically was fine last season. But I think there was a lot of people, when you talked about the play calling early in the season last year, there's a lot of folks that just thought he was going to go into Minnesota with all the hype, you know, all the 4,000, you know, 500, 600-yard passing years in Washington and just light the, you know, the night sky on yeah. fire. <laughs> and it didn't work out that way right, just be, for didn't. a number of different factors. But if they have a – I think everybody understands Kirk Cousins is a starting quarterback in this league. Is he an elite one? That's a different debate. But if you can pair a running game with him – that's going to you know, be what gives the Vikings their biggest chance here in the long run. Yeah, well, and we've seen in the past, whether it's been Kirk Cousins or Sam Bradford or other quarterbacks for the Vikings, this pair of wide receivers, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, I don't know, you can rank them however you want, 1-2, two, 2-1, two, but those two guys, and I take nothing away from the Packers and Devontae Adams as a number one, but you know, not necessarily a fully proven Pro Bowl caliber number two, the Vikings have this pair that I – I think is clearly the top one-two in the NFC North in terms of that position. And uh, and we've seen each of these guys have big games against Green Bay in the past. If I mean, yeah. the Packers can – you can't – my point is you can't just completely sell out to stop Dalvin Cook because Thielen and Diggs and tight end Kyle Rudolph with an experienced quarterback like Cousins, they'll find another way to move the football. I did an uh, interview with the wonderful people over at Vikings.com this week, and I, I said my biggest key to victory in this game, and we'll talk about the defense and everything for the Packers here shortly, uh, or in terms of the Vikings defense versus Devontae Adams, but my biggest thing is going to be Adam Thielen versus what Mike Pettin wants to do to defend him, and then Mike Zimmer and how he wants to defend Devontae Adams. Which cornerback's going to see him? How much shade? Are you going to be throwing his way with the with the coverage over the top? To me, you ask 1A, 1B. Stephon Diggs is a fine receiver. He's a good receiver, and he fits this offense well. Adam Thielen is on the border of elite now. Uh, with the season he had a year ago, 113 catches, 1,372 yards, nine touchdowns. Michael, the guy has over 200 uh, catches the last two years combined. He's yeah. been durable. Um, you know, when you talk about undrafted success stories and, you know, in Guys coming from small schools, um, you know, kind of coming out of nowhere. I mean, Adam Thielen is that guy. Yeah, Minnesota Mankato, and right? It's sort of one of those things where you almost wonder if he was in a state school, how, would the Vikings have even taken a look? I mean, where would this guy have ended up? The cream ultimately rises to the top in this league, but the Vikings gave him that opportunity. They allowed him to grow for two seasons, and he's really blossomed into a special receiver. And I think the ultimate credit to both him and Diggs is they've been able to have success regardless of who the quarterback has been. Right. You know, regardless of if it was Case Keenum, uh, Sam Bradford, Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, they've found ways to be effective. And it's definitely going to be something the Packers are going to have to take a, a big look at with how they want to defend those two guys. Yeah, well, as much as the Vikings have put together obviously their skill positions, their perimeter guys, and Stephon Diggs being a fifth-round draft pick wasn't exactly highly thought of coming out of college either, but uh, but the Vikings have put it together there. The question with this offense is always the offensive line. They've yeah. had changes in personnel over the years. They've had some good years. They've had some bad years. They've, they've dealt with injuries just like every team does. You look at how things went last week. Obviously, they ran the ball really, really well. Credit to their offensive line for that. 
But even in just the 10 pass attempts that Kirk Cousins had, he was sacked once. I believe PFF had had uh, like five pressures from Atlanta's defensive front on just the 10 pass attempts. So probably what Zimmer is going to be trying to figure out along with his offensive coaches is, okay, can we run the ball the way we want to and have that type of offensive line, but can we also protect our quarterback right. when we need to throw the ball? They weren't challenged in that way because they didn't need to throw it against Atlanta. Um, we'll find out uh, here on Sunday at Lambeau if that changes. Nobody will ever talk about what their weaknesses are. Teams just don't use that yeah. kind of language. Yeah. But you can always tell where the emphasis is based on how teams draft. In the Vikings, there has been a heavy emphasis on the offensive line over the last few years. Certainly, Riley Reef was a big sign from them coming over from Detroit. Right. But you look at it, Mike. Garrett Bradbury this past year was a first-round pick. Pat Elfline was a third-rounder two years ago. Brian O'Neill, their starting right tackle, was a second-rounder last year. Drew Samia they drafted this year in the fourth round. They took four offensive or three offensive linemen in this draft, and they want to be able to give Kirk Cousins, give Delvin Cook the type of line that's going to allow them to make plays. Now, it's going to be a work in progress. It's a very young line for the most part. This isn't that veteran group that you saw from five, six years ago. So seeing how they weather this season, especially early on here, if they do give up some pressures, is going to be something to watch. But certainly from the Packers' perspective, after the performance that they had last week uh, with you know all the sacks, all the pressures, all the quarterback hits on Mitchell Trubisky, the Smiths, Kenny Clark, they want to be able to keep that momentum in this game now against Minnesota. Yeah, all right. Well, before we get to the Vikings defense, we'll take care of a little sponsor business here. Select Cousin Subs locations are now offering delivery. Whether you're ordering, catering, or your favorite sub, they're delivering right to you when you order online at CousinSubs.com. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Okay, Minnesota's defense, Wes. We've talked over the years on this show about Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith in that secondary. I think, you know, two guys who at cornerback and safety respectively are two of the elite players in this entire league. Suddenly now, Anthony Harris, two interceptions of Matt Ryan. He's yeah. the reigning NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty nice addition to, uh, to some really established Pro Bowl caliber players. Rick Spielman, offensively, they've gone through a lot in the last few years trying to find the right quarterback, trying to find their running back. Obviously, as we just talked about the offensive line, <laughs> To me, though, I don't know if there's a better blueprint right now in the NFL. Maybe it's what Chicago's done, but for the most part, a better blueprint than what Minnesota has done with their defense over the last five, six years. Um, you look at their, their starters, Mike, you see a lot of numbers. You don't see a lot of FAs. I mean, these they found guys, they develop guys, and they become playmakers. And then you get Anthony Harris, who was a college free agent four years ago, <laughs> and now he's making big plays next to Harrison Smith. Right. That's what you want to do. That's how you want to draw it up. And again, it's just it's not an easy out. I, I was again that same interview I was doing with the Vikings people. You know, last week was tough for the Packers, trying to get the offense going, trying to get the ground game moving, getting some of the downfield pass stuff going. This week doesn't get any easier. No, it doesn't. Uh, the Vikings are veteran. You have a you have a group that has worked together and played together for so long. I mean, look at Anthony Barr, Mike. I mean, there was reports that he was out of town and then he wanted to come back. You don't see that kind of stuff every year because yeah. of the culture, the chemistry, and the success that that defense has built. And he goes and buries Matt Ryan like early in the game, gets a big sack, and yeah. you know, kind of, kind of the big welcome back. We're glad you're still here, kind of thing from the Vikings fans. And you got the maestro in Mike Zimmer still coordinating this whole thing, still calling the plays defensively. One of the most difficult jobs I think in all of the NFL. And the Vikings are still 
who everyone thinks they are. Yeah, the the interesting thing to me, because I was asked this in our insider inbox, and I'll I'll give you what my take on it was, and and you can either agree or disagree. But one of the readers asked me, okay, so what's the difference between the Bears defense and the Vikings defense? Everybody said, you know, everybody knows both units are good, you know, this and that. The way I characterize it is, I feel like. The Bears are a defense that plays everything much more straight up. Sure, yeah. Uh, they don't blitz a lot. It's They rely on their front four to get pressure. But with the Vikings, and this isn't – I'm not saying this is like a knock on them because they, they get the results they're looking for. But the Vikings, to me, they always strike me as a much more exotic unit. They're yeah. going to give you crazy fronts and different looks. And when you're talking about those guys up front, Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter and – Anthony Barr and all those guys in the in the front seven, they just do a lot more of the different stuff with all those guys. Whereas the whereas the Bears, you know, play it kind of straight. The other thing that I would say is a difference when you look at last year in particular. The Vikings only had, I believe, it was about twenty takeaways last year, which was a low number for them. Yeah. And defensively, that was part of the reason they weren't able to get back to the playoffs and repeat their success from 2017 whereas the Bears defense obviously was was tops in the league in takeaways a year ago but don't sleep on this Vikings defense when it comes to turnovers because uh, they can certainly they've certainly done that in the past and they have the veteran players who have the track record over a long period of time of doing that yeah it's organized chaos is the way I've always described Mike Zimmer's scheme and that goes back to his time with Cincinnati the Packers saw him plenty back then as well and then certainly he became a, a fixture in this division due in part to the fact that they, you know, if you're the Vikings, if you're the Lions, if you're the, the Bears, you know you need to have a good, solid defense and a good scheme when you're facing Aaron Rodgers twice a year and you're competing with him and his teams to win a division title. What I really like, though, that I think we've seen in the last few years with Minnesota, with them being able to cultivate their talent, you know, when they had a hole, they went and signed Linville Joseph. That worked out great for them at nose tackle the last four years now. But what I really like is now you have a bunch of players that are immersed in Mike Zimmer's scheme, much like where the Cincinnati Bengals were at before he got the head coaching job with the Vikings. They just they got guys that believe in it, they understand it. And, yeah, I think you laid that out perfectly to, to the commoner that is asking that question. We'll see in the long run what they want to do with Chuck Pagano and, and how he, what his influence is going to be on that defense. Yeah, in Chicago. But Vic Fangio's whole thing was to get pressure with your front, not have to sell out and keep guys back. The thing that you're going to see with the Vikings that we see every single time is that pressure is going to come from everywhere. It's going to come yep. from the safeties. It's going to come from the inside linebackers, all built out of a 4-3 front. It's, it's something that has given every quarterback in this league fits and, and certainly been a challenge here for the Packers with uh, you know this first or the second game now for Matt LaFleur in this offense. Yeah, well, certainly in looking at the turnover department, the Atlanta Falcons, as I mentioned a couple of days ago, they had chances to get back into yeah. that game in the second half. They were putting drives together and moving the ball, and then Matt Ryan made a couple of really poor decisions that resulted in interceptions, and, and then they couldn't get back in the game um, to give themselves a shot there. So the turnover thing is uh, uh, is definitely something with, uh, with this Vikings defense. They've always seemed to be more of a, uh, a turnover-type defense when they play at home versus on the road for whatever reason. But that being said, uh, the way Aaron Rodgers 
protected the football, got sacked a handful of times against the Bears, but he, for the most part he protected the football. I think it only came out maybe the one time on the scramble. Yeah, the forced fumble from Ha-Ha. From, from ha yeah. but, uh, but aside from that, you know, the Packers really did protect the football well against the Bears, and, and that needs to continue. One other thing I need to ask you about, though, get me up to date on where the kicking situation is with the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. both, both kicker and punter, because – uh, the news over the last couple days now in the NFL is the guy that the Vikings traded a fifth-round pick for in training camp and then the they dirt. cut, yeah. he ended up getting cut now by the New York Jets. Correct. And now the Jets have signed Sam Ficken, who yep. was in Green Bay in training camp and trying to win the job for Mason Crosby. He's now the kicker for the New York Jets, and the Vikings stuck with Dan Bailey, correct? That's correct. You okay. got that all right. All right. In, hey, I'm, I'm keeping up. Anyone that ever bothers me, I shouldn't say bothers, that has such a negative connotation. Anybody that ever asks me about making a change at kicker in the middle of training camp and was Mason Crosby in jeopardy, I just want to roll that 15-second clip there of you trying to explain <laughs> what happened with the Vikings, with the Jets, and everybody else in between right. when you make a change that late in the process. I'll say this about the Vikings. They traded the fifth-round pick for, I think it's Kerry Vedvik. Yeah. Uh, he was a really sought-after, highly regarded kicker-slash-punter from the Baltimore Ravens, but if you know anything about Baltimore, they probably have the best special teams in the league, so there wasn't a place for him. He gets traded to Minnesota. It doesn't work out. Dan Bailey hit 75% of his kicks last year. They decided to keep stick with him this year. I think they made the right decision sticking with him now. But the domino effect of all that was that now Sam Ficken ends up in New York because Vedvik ended up there and it didn't work out. Oh, and then by the way, Britton Colquitt now is the punter for right. The Minnesota they they made they made a change at punter right at, at the punter. end of the preseason, right? Yeah. So yeah. the guy that they had, I think it was Matt Wiley. They cut him when Colquitt became available. Now Britton Cole hits their punter. So some changes there, some shifting tides. I'll say this, and I remember talking with Mason Crosby about this several years ago when you know Tim Masty was was playing the way he was and Brett Good was in the middle of his career. When you have stable special teams, that goes so far in, in terms of the specialist position. That goes so far in solidifying your entire unit. I feel like the Vikings are trying to get there, but they're still trying to find ways to improve. How that is going to end up shuffling out is going to be really interesting to watch because I think if you go back over these last four years now for Minnesota, it's been their defense, it's been their offense, and then it's been special teams way down below in terms of what phases have been in like the pecking order. Yeah, They want to get more consistency there. I think Mike Zimmer's trying to display more patience with it. Did they get a new coordinator on special teams? I believe or? so. And I, then, I can't remember Weren't they also the hiring like head. a kicking specialist too? Or yeah, something? They, I think they were working on that as well. So, yeah. Be that as it may, this is where things stand right now. Dan Bailey will be the kicker. Certainly the Packers have seen a lot of him over the years. And uh, Britton Colquitt as the punter. Well, and when you mentioned special teams in general, the Vikings did uh, start that game against the Falcons with a blocked punt. Did they did. They not? Uh, which, uh, which got them off to a great start in that phase. So as you say, if they're trying to bring their special teams back up to another level, regardless of who's doing the kicking and the punting, when you get a blocked punt in week one, that puts everybody on notice that that is playing you that's like hey all right we gotta we gotta see what they're doing scheme wise here we gotta figure this out because those are uh those those types of plays on special teams are just as good as turnovers absolutely yeah and the other thing to keep an eye on too uh they you know so many years you when the packers would play the vikings you're always concerned about the returner not saying that you aren't now but amir abdullah is actually resurfaced now as their kickoff and punt returner that's the, right the former yeah. he's their detroit, number three running back yeah, yeah former detroit lions running back is now their uh their returner after so many years of the packers you know obviously uh having some big battles there as well on that 
phase of the game with Minnesota. All right. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. You can subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services if you'd prefer not to look at our faces. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.